Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today, today my guest is Robin Simmons, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Zurich and Brig, Switzerland. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. He runs a co-directs co a T Alexander Technique teacher training course in Zurich. And he has quite a long uh, background studying what's called the DART procedures, which we're going to define and discuss in a moment. They, he began uh, studying them when he was training with Walter Carrington in England, and he has worked with them for over 40 years. He uh, also uh, regular, regularly gives a one-week workshop on the DART procedures in Turkey and has given, uh, I believe he's given other workshops in, in that topic. And we're going to talk today about the DART procedures, how they came about, what's, what's, what their usefulness is. Uh, Robin, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Robert. Uh, Could you begin by, I, I, I'm guessing that a lot of people, certainly most Alexander teachers have heard of the DART procedures and know something of them. Probably the majority of Alexander Technique students have not been exposed to them. Could you say a little, a little bit about how they came into being and what their connection to the Alexander Technique is. Yes, I can. Um, I think the, the person we must acknowledge uh, the greatest debt to is uh, uh, Professor Alex Murray, uh, who uh, discovered Dart's papers in 1967 and uh, realized that there was a lot of interesting material hidden in them. Uh, Dart wrote... Uh, several papers uh, explaining what he was doing uh, down in South Africa. Dart was a professor of anatomy at uh, Witwatersrand University, South Africa. Uh, and um, Alex Murray uh, realized that there was an, a, a very valuable source here of material which uh, he began to experiment with. And um, he introduced this material to Walter Carrington. And it just so happened that uh, Dart, who was in those days traveling uh, both uh, from uh, America to uh, South Africa via London and from South Africa to America via London, whenever he came into London, he tended to meet up with Walter Carrington. So uh, Walter... Um, began to uh, have a look at the procedures and uh, that meant that I was fortunate during the uh, 1970, in fact the year 1970, uh, when Dart came to give his memorial lecture to the Society of Teachers of the Technique in London, uh, his uh, procedures were uh, very much on the agenda at that time and so I was fortunate enough to learn them from Walter then. So the link with the technique uh, is is really coming through Alex Murray and then Walter Carrington after that. Right. Now, and and did, did it, is it not the case that uh, Dart was a student of, I believe, Irene Tasker? Is that correct? That's correct. In, in nice. South Africa. That's correct. And now, the, and this would have probably been, what, in the late 30s, early 
forties. Uh, no, it was 1943. 43. And <clears throat> yes. what I had heard, and maybe you can confirm or elaborate on this, is that he had been taking Alexander lessons. There was just one teacher in South Africa, and she went back to London, maybe, and he was left without a teacher, and that the, these procedures that he developed were his response to the question, what can I do on my own? Is that kind of how it came That's about? very much my understanding as well. The, mm -hmm. You're quite right. Um, Irene Tasker came back to London in 1943, um, and she had given Dart a number of lessons. Um, Dart was a genius. I think he was a one like Alexander. He was a, a, a one-off. He was a very special brain. And um, having uh, not had Irene's help any longer, and since he not only had uh, some difficulties with his own body, but of course he had his son Galen, who was um, spastic and not very well coordinated. Um, he wanted to help Galen. And so Dart devised a, a series of maneuvers uh, to help himself and his son uh, to try to get more flexibility, uh, more range of movement, and more freedom of movement generally. Um, and that's kind of how he, he developed it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so I guess we could say it's not so much a branch of the Alexander technique as it is a person's work on him working on his own to continue the kind kind of self exploration that he had been doing with Alexander lessons, but in a very different way. Would that be fair to say? That would be fair to say. You see, Dart was an expert on anatomy mm -hmm. and also an expert uh, anthropologist. I mean, it was Dart who coined the phrase "the missing link." Mm -hmm. um, but that's another story which we needn't go into in detail. However, um, because of his uh, understanding of uh, the evolution of uh, uh, creatures on the planet um, and uh, his interest in helping his son, there's kind of parallel uh, events taking place here. Um, Dart was um, working at the time when the, the idea of ontogeny recapitulating phylogeny was popular. And this is, is an idea where uh, the growth and development of each individual uh, reproduces or replicates the growth and development of the whole species. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. th this is not so, so much in fashion anymore, this idea. Right. In fact... But uh, that's where he came from. I, I remember from my li very limited uh, exposure to the DART procedures on, on my training course, which was uh, maybe about 10 years after you, you were exposed to, to DART, um, we did some work with it. And it, seemed to, and it seemed to me that part of the idea was we were going to replicate uh, going from being a creature that lies on the ground to one that goes on four legs and gradually evolves upwards into standing. Uh, it's probably a, a great oversimplification. Could, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Certainly. Um, 
I reckon there are some, it depends how you look at it, but there's something like eight to 10 stages here. Um, if you look at evolutionary development, you start in the water, in fact, before you get onto the land. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you are, you've got, say, two stages in the water. One is a sort of random movement uh, creatures like jellyfish and so on randomly moving around and then you get this development into fish well they're not so random they're more directional so they have a head and a tail and they're moving uh, with the head uh, being projected forward through the water by the tail and then you get onto the land so then you have a development into amphibian and uh, all these early developments are also uh, to my understanding, in, uh, to be included in, in, in the DART process. Um, then from there, you go from amphibian to reptile, from reptile to mammal, uh, as you say, on all fours, uh, then to primate, then to proto-human, and finally to human. And as you're going through these various stages of evolutionary development, you are, in fact, slowly but surely uh, finding the spine going from a horizontal direction to a vertical direction. Mm-hmm. And of course, once you've arrived at a vertical direction with the human uh, uprightness, well, now where are you going to go? You can either go back down to the earth again, or you can go straight up in the air. <laughs> you right. see what I mean? Right. That's the end. That's, that's, the, that's the culmination. Now, it, I seem to remember the idea that was connected with uh, or perhaps even a reason for doing these DART procedures was that if um, in your in one's own childhood development uh, a stage or two was skipped, or uh, for example, creeping or crawling, uh, something of that kind, if that had been truncated somehow or just didn't happen properly, that it was useful to go back and re-experience that with, of course, some um, the, the kinesthetic awareness of the Alexander technique. Does that match your understanding of, of that process as well? I, 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 I certainly, it certainly is. Uh, that's what Dart mentions in his papers. Okay. That, um, and he was particularly concerned to help brain-damaged children because in his later time, uh, he was working with the Institutes for the Achievement of Human Potential in Philadelphia, America, uh, with Glenn Doman um, and um, Delicato, Carl Delicato, to help brain-damaged children. And in fact, um, was very much concerned that these children should be encouraged to perform certain activities which they may well have missed out uh, in, in their growth and development. But of course, what we were concerned with when I was training was, well, why not apply this to uh, rather more fit and not brain damaged people, people who are, as it were, relatively speaking, normal, um, not only to experience what they might have missed out, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. also to help particularly um, with people who are disabled. I've helped a number of people who are and have been quite badly disabled uh, by using DART procedures in association with our Alexander work. Mm -hmm. And also um, 
Well, to take a very simple case, uh, back trouble. Uh, to take a slip disc as, as an example. Uh, DART procedures, uh, not all of them, but some of them are extremely helpful to um, deal with, manage, uh, one might even say overcome uh, certain uh, discus, uh, discs hernia um, problems. And I've certainly used it in that way, and it certainly worked very well. So you can see how there's a kind of association with the therapeutic aspect of Alexander work, which, of course, the technique is not a therapy, but it has fantastic therapeutic effects. And if you can link the, the DART work in when it's relevant for the person in front of you, um, well, I have found it works very, very well. One of the things that I remember noticing uh, with doing those procedures, and I must say I notice it when I swim, which is pretty frequently, that when you are uh, rotated 90 degrees from our normal upright stance, um, the whole Alexander idea of head leading and body following really becomes clear in a way that's maybe not quite as clear when someone is standing upright. So would that be a part of it too, that even if, for example, as a child, you went through all of those stages very nicely, but that maybe for one reason or another, you're ability to direct efficiently wasn't at its peak, it would be good to re-experience them in order to apply Alexander directions, if you like, to those um, non-standing up postures. Well, I think we have to remember that Alexander was very concerned that our sensory awareness was somehow limited, that we imagine that we are experiencing our sensory awareness uh, in a complete uh, way. But he proved quite clearly that we are not, that we are actually um, slightly sensorily blind. We have areas of the body where we, we simply don't have any much consciousness whatsoever about what's going on. Now, when you perform dart activities, a lot of them are being performed on the floor and you get a fantastic richness of sensory information uh, when you're going through these activities. And this richness of sensory information can absolutely inform you when you're back upright on your feet so that you're, you're in a very different condition of, act, of, of, of sort of preparation for action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I have to say that resonates a little bit uh, with the Alexander procedure of constructive rest. Yep. Same thing where you're lying on your back, firm yep. surface, a configuration that encourages uh, lengthening and widening, really, something under your knees, something under your head, that, that basic framework, uh, even though it seems to be not an activity in the usual sense that we think of activities, it does have a, can have a very powerful impact on how you uh, move, stand, sit, and move, partly because of all of that feedback that you're getting in this, in that case, on your back. Uh, as I recall, the DART procedures, it seemed to me I was mostly on my belly when I was doing that. Is, is that right? Am my memory correct on that? Well, you see, again, uh, when you're learning it in a training school, there's not that much time 
Uh, and so, yes, you probably find that most of that learning you did there was uh, on the on the on the front, mm-hmm. and you might well have done the flippering where you're using just the wrist and then the fingertips and then the wrist and the fingertips in order to move your arm, not by moving your arm, but by using simply the hand and and the wrist. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when uh, that's why I, I offer a, a week's workshop uh, in Turkey, because you need a lot of time to really explore these things carefully, not rush through them, not um, simply uh, see what they're like and then run away from them, you know, to see the whole context and to see how they could be relevant for whoever it is coming um, needs, excuse me, needs that time. And so, yes, you're right. Uh, Lying on your front is a part of it. But it's only a part. I mean, we we talk about rolling. We talk about uh, uh, creeping and crawling. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things um, I mentioned earlier about the, the helping with the slip disc. This is where the on all fours uh, comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are many, many aspects of how to employ this. Um, so uh, that's something that Walter himself tended to use in the dart work more than anything else. I didn't ever see Walter flat on the floor. Um, <laughs> that would be quite a sight, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, he later, Walter later actually stopped teaching dart altogether. He was very worried, quite rightly, I think, that uh, it would be taken up as a sort of, oh, something else to do, some other kind of sort of yoga-ish type thing to, right, to just right. do a whole lot of movements by doing. Now, it's very important, I think, when you're performing dart to have the Alexander consciousness in the whole, the, the whole time. That's to say, very much inhibition, very much direction, yeah. not just doing something, but really exploring very carefully, very sensitively uh, every moment of these dart evolutionary procedures. Yes, I, I can I can understand why Walter uh, made that decision totally. Yep. Um, this may be this may seem like an odd question, but um, that this idea of in a sense going backwards a bit in if you want to call it evolution to uh, lying, cr- creeping, crawling, and so on. To me, that has a, reminds me a little bit of something that Marjorie Barlow uh, said in in talking about uh, the Alexander monkey position, yep. which, which was that her her take on it, and to me, it makes a lot of sense, is that what you're doing in monkey, even if you're just doing a tiny little monkey is you are deliberately going slightly backwards in the evolutionary uh, scale, perhaps, in order to, uh, because it would be a little easier to make improvements in that which could be carried carried over into uprightness. I, I may not be phrasing it, I'm sure I'm not phrasing it quite the way she did, but something along those lines, that there was an advantage in a deliberate conscious retreat from uh, uprightness. Yes. Does that yes. make sense to you well, in connection with the DART uh, in general and in connection with the DART procedures? Well, DART 
famously said, we can only look as far forward as we can look back. Oh, really? <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, Dart absolutely uh, considered that it was necessary to explore as far as possible um, where we've come from in order to see where we are, in order to see where we want to go next. And um, that's a principle that uh, is kind of behind all of this. Um, In terms of the Alexander position of mechanical advantage, or one of the positions of mechanical advantage, um, as you say, colloquially called monkey, um, in the Alexander Alexander world, um, well, this forms part of uh, the whole dart sequence of anti-gravity procedures um, and that is one of many positions of mechanical advantage uh, that dart uh, offers us to try out um, and yes uh, you could say going back but i would say going into a, a a dynamic expansive arrangement of the body uh, is always going to be helpful um, that's what i understand uh, is is meant by a position of mechanical advantage it's somewhere some organization of the body where there's a tendency within that organization for the whole framework to expand and this then brings us on to the breathing because of course alexander's first interest was with his breathing and if you expand your framework you're going to be breathing more fully uh, more completely and dart work certainly does also help to uh, encourage exactly the same uh, expansion and freedom of breathing that Alexander was interested to uh, develop. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Robin, is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to uh, say about the DART procedures? Well, I think we've covered most of it. Um, it's something, as I say, that I'm continuously discovering new things about. So DART is not a, a closed system. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are new developments, as it were, uh, continuously coming up. Um, colleagues in, in, in England, and uh, I know that uh, the Murrays in America, have taken the DART procedures in uh, directions that interest them. I've taken the DART procedures in directions that interest me. So <clears throat> there's, it's a very rich source of uh, material, both in terms of Alexander work and, as I say, in terms of helping quite severely disabled people and people in some trouble with the body. So um, I, I would only encourage people to uh, explore something of it. I'm trying to produce a book at the moment about the, the dark procedures, and I hope this will come out later in the year, and then people can see where I'm coming from with it and, and make, make what they can of it from that. Okay, and we will put a link to a website that you have which um, has a good deal more information about the DART procedures by the interview. Um, my, uh, my guest today has been Robin Simmons, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Zurich and in Brig, Switzerland. Uh, he also co-directs an Alexander Technique training course in Zurich, and he has been both a teacher of the Alexander Technique and someone who's been exploring the DART procedures for about 40 years now. So if anything about what we've talked about intrigues you and you live in 
in those areas of Switzerland, or you'd like to take a nice I bet your workshops in Turkey are in a nice location, right? They are indeed, yes. If you want to have a great vacation in Turkey and, and learn some uh, interesting new ideas about movement, uh, we'll, we'll have a link to his, his website where you can find out all, how to do that. And we'll also put um, a link to a website that has more information about the Alexander Technique in general and how to find an Alexander teacher. I think it's probably fair to say that the majority of Alexander Technique teachers don't actually teach the DART procedures. I might be wrong about that. you have any I think thoughts you're on right. that? No, but, no, I think you're right. But but many of them know about it. And if I guess if you were going to start exploring the DART procedures on, on your own, an Alexander teacher, even one who doesn't, as it were, specialize in the DART procedures would be a very good... Uh, a good resource for you. So, uh, Robin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, it's a great pleasure, Robert. I'm very happy to have been able to to tell you and everybody about uh, what has been interesting for me since 1970. (laughs) Okay. 